Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Mizrak. And today we are joined by professional volleyball player Adrian L. Adrian, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, you know, as I mentioned, a professional, newly professional volleyball player here in the last couple months. But before we get into that pro career that you just started, when did you actually start playing volleyball? Yeah, I began playing like organized volleyball in third grade, but my mom was a high school volleyball coach. She played in college. So I was at my first volleyball game when I was like four days old. Uh, I've been around the game basically my whole life was that little kid running around the gym, shagging balls and probably annoying some of the players, but I loved every second of it. And yeah, I haven't really left the gym since. So coming out of high school, you chose Florida State as where you're going to college. What went into that decision? Yeah, I had a lot of offers and a lot of different opportunities um, back before they had changed the rules for recruiting and stuff. Um, as a sophomore, I was going on visits, talking to coaches, trying to figure out what my future held. And I knew I wanted to play at a competitive program. I knew I wanted to be at a power five school. I want to be surrounded by some great athletes and overall just have a great uh, experience in college. And when I went to Florida State, I actually was kind of like, I don't know about this. Just because I was so dead set being from Ohio, I wanted to go to a big 10 school, but some of the opportunities, you know, like money-wise or they had recruited different players and Florida State still was, you know, knocking on my door, wanting me to show up and my mom fell in love with Florida State on our visit. She was like, are you ready to commit? It's like, I don't know. I need I need some time. But ended up being a pretty good decision. Um, and I loved the warm weather. Definitely got used to that. And really enjoyed just the atmosphere of the athletics at Florida State uh, all around. The whole athletic department was awesome. School was great. Uh, what's not to love about being in Florida? So After a couple of years of Florida State, Country Roads took you home to West Virginia not quite that warm weather, um, but what what led you to West Virginia? Yeah, so I entered the transfer portal um, in 2020. That's when I you know, was graduating from Florida State and COVID was still definitely going on. And I knew I wanted a change for grad school and I had two years of eligibility since I redshirted and with COVID. So I wanted to make the most of the opportunity and Part of me was like, you know, I don't really care where I go. Part of me wanted to go close to home so I could be near my family and have them come and support me more often. And I had known Reed um, since he was at Cincinnati. And, you know, when he I emailed him first, I think. And then when he called me back, uh, it just felt like a great fit. Came up for a visit and it was definitely very cold. I had no sweatshirts, no like heavy parkas or anything. So I had my mom like bring me some while I was walking around campus. But um, yeah, just fell in love with the team, the girls, the coaches. And, you know, I wanted to be close to home, still power five. And I was also going to be changing positions, which was such a new task. And everything just seemed to be uh, fitting pretty well. So couldn't have asked for much more. Yeah, you mentioned switching positions. What was it like switching positions from setter to outside hitter? Uh, it was wild because, you know, for so long in the club, I had been told, like, you know, you're a good hitter, but you're a better setter. Like, you know, that's going to take you further. My whole, like, dream of playing professional was to be a setter. College, you know, I wanted to be, you know, setter of the year, like all these things. 
so talking to Reed and he's kind of like, what do you think about playing like outside or right side? It's like, I mean, sure, I'll do it. I did it in high school and it sounded like a fun challenge. I definitely had a lot of like skepticism of, is this actually going to work? Like I'm playing against, you know, Texas and Baylor. Like these teams are going to the final four of the tournament every year. Can I hold my own in this new position? Like I want to come here and earn a spot and I want to come here and make a difference. So it was definitely a little scary when I first, you know, was like, all right, we're going to do this. And then I don't know. It just was a pretty seamless transition. Uh, definitely had to learn a lot in serve receive, but hitting wise, you know, I had a lot of great help from my teammates and the coaches and made the adjustment. So very happy with the transition and kind of crazy that it all came through and I did pretty good at it. So last year when you were, you know, with West Virginia, you had a historic season making it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. What was it like doing that with that group of girls? It was insane because they had never been, and those seniors had been working their entire career. Not that people before hadn't, but, you know, those seniors, that was their goal from day one, and you could just tell that they really wanted it. And so to be competing last season with them and to be fighting for – you know, wins in the conference and to finish eight and eight conference was really good here. Um, and I think I've mentioned it before in some other interviews, but like for me at Florida State, the expectation was to go to the tournament every year. And so I was kind of used to that was like the goal that, you know, it just kind of happened almost. And for West Virginia, I was sitting in the selection show and I was like, we got this. Like, we're not having a whole selection show and we liked it so good. We're not going to do this if we're not in. So I was, I guess, kind of under this false impression, you know, that like we were a shoe in to get in. But when our name got called, like in those pictures and videos from that night, you can just see how excited everyone is. Like such a great moment. And you definitely, for me at least, like I kind of learned not to take that for granted just because... Florida State, that was, you know, yeah, we made it to the tournament. Now what? But at West Virginia to do it for the first time in history was one of the coolest experiences I've ever been a part of. And getting to kind of talk to them like, yeah, we're going to go. Like, there's all these things. And when we got to the arena, like, there's all these new rules about, like, warm-ups and playing and whatever. So it was just a really cool experience. And I'm so fortunate that I was able to be a part of that, not only for that team and the group of girls, but for the program itself. Keeping with that idea of cool experiences, you know, how would you describe your collegiate experience both at Florida State and West Virginia? That's a tough one. It's definitely been a whirlwind. Uh, and everyone says, you know, your college career goes by so quick. And even after six years, it went by so fast. Um, I can still remember, like, my mom dropping me off freshman year. I remember playing in my first game, first hard spring workout, and I wanted to cry and I hate running, like get me out of here. I want to play volleyball, but overall, I think I'm very grateful for my experience. It was, you know, some things were exactly how I anticipated and some things took kind of a turn that I wasn't uh, expecting, but yeah, it was just a great experience. Got to travel the world, got to see so many cool places, make so many great friends uh, that I'm still talking to and hope to be a part of each other's lives forever, which has been just amazing to watch everyone's career, whether it's in college playing or, you know, after and getting jobs. Um, but yeah, I'm so grateful for my opportunity to play and represent two really awesome institutions. And 
uh, make a mark that I hope lasts a little while. Yeah. So you're currently playing professionally now. What was it like finding out um, first that you could go pro? Yeah, like I said, um, I wanted to play pro for a really long time. Um, my mom coached a guy that went and played pro and he was in the Olympics, Max Holt. Uh, she coached him in high school. So when I kind of saw, you know, he played in college, he won a national championship, he went pro, he went to the Olympics. That became my goal. Like, I, I want to do that. That's so cool. You get to live in a different country, getting paid to play volleyball, like at seven, 10 years old, like what could be better? So working through high school, all my setbacks, college, you know, again, more setbacks, more triumphs. I was, you know, a little deterred after Florida State if it would happen. And then at West Virginia, switching positions, I was like, am I still good enough to play pro in a whole new position? So when I was talking to Reed and he's like, yeah, we're going to get you somewhere. Like, you just keep having good numbers, good games. Um yeah, we'll find you a spot. So after the first year at West Virginia, you know, really good season, really great, uh, like stat line and everything, especially for the first time playing that position. And he was like, if you have another year like this, like you'll be good. Like we'll find you a place and you're going to go have some fun. And, you know, this past season was a little bit more challenging, uh, a lot of youth on the team. So not quite the ideal situation, but it taught me a lot about myself and leadership, but it kind of, again, like kind of scared me of, am I still going to have a good enough season with everything we're going through to make it pro or to make it to a you know decent team? And when we were talking to Reed and Nick, my agent at the end of the year, they were like, yeah, they like what they're seeing. You know, we've got a couple of different options for you. So we'll make something happen and you're going to go somewhere good. So that was definitely a relief and such a surreal moment to like, see my dreams actually come true and like this is what I've been working for you know since I was little and that little kid in the gym like trying to get my serve over the net five times in a row like it's really crazy and even talking to some of my other friends back home they're like we really can't believe you're in another country right now playing volleyball like you're getting paid to do this so some days here it's obviously hard to kind of remember like you know, and be grateful for all of that because it's still that routine of like volleyball and work and stuff. But uh, there's also days where I'm friendly, gently reminded, you know, like this is awesome and not everyone gets to do this. So, What differences have you noticed between playing collegiately and professionally, whether that's, you know, how practices are, what the game day experience is, just the competition level, what differences are there? Oh, where do I begin? There's so many differences college is crazy like I think back to some of my college practices and like the workouts and you know not only was I working out and practicing for like three four five hours a day with lift and conditioning and then practice and all of that good stuff but then I'm supposed to go to school like how did I manage that because now I'm sitting here we have practice and not every pro team is the same obviously like there are some that still practice for like four and a half hours and this is just how like our club does it. But right now we practice, we lift for like an hour, hour and a half, uh, depending on how quick you get done with it. We go to practice and practice is maybe at the most two hours long, which our first couple of days, we were just like, is this, cause there's two other Americans and we're like, is this, this is it? Like our warm up for our games is an hour long. And then we got to games here 
we're showing up two hours before the game. We have never played in the gym until like game day, which in college, as you know, travel days, you're getting there like three days in advance to practice and get used to the lights and the everything else. And here we just showed up. We did like a little 30 minute warm up. Okay, like let's go play. I'm like, this is like pro volleyball. Like college is this whole ordeal. You know, you're running out at a certain time. The music fades. Like you get your warm up on, then you go back, put your jersey on. Like the warm ups itself would have, I think, surprised a lot of the girls here. On like, that's just warm up. Okay, now we actually have to play a potentially like five set game against Texas or whoever. So it's been very interesting, uh, just even in that aspect, the differences. But coaching playing wise obviously it's a new language but the strategy is just again very different because the players I won't say like they're necessarily smarter than every player we played against in college because we obviously play against some really phenomenal athletes but you know they've been playing a long time and they have seen different things they know how to you know use the block or you know sneak things by you so learning and trying to pick up that stuff and just adjusting our play because a lot of the girls here aren't as tall as us. So again, when we're facing Texas, they're the same height, if not taller than us. So we have to adjust to them here. If they're shorter than us, you know, blocking is a little different. And when we're hitting, it's a little different. So just adapting to the actual strategy and X's and O's of the volleyball in Peru has been uh, very interesting, can be very frustrating at times, but we're starting to finally, all three of us kind of make our adjustments and see some success on the court, which is awesome. Um, now you just mentioned, you know, uh, you're playing professionally in Peru. How has how like the culture differed from like, you know, the culture in America, same thing with like the language barrier? Yeah, the language barrier was definitely, you know, obviously we knew it was coming, but Luckily, there's been three or four girls on the team that speak pretty good English, if not like very, very fluently, which has helped tremendously, obviously. Um, and then our head coach speaks a little bit of English. Um, but other than that, most of the coaches, it's either broken English or not any English at all. So trying to like listen because they'll go over, OK, this is the you know practice plan. We're doing this right now, but it's all in Spanish. So the three of us are looking around like, anybody catch up like what's going on here and now again that we've been here for two months just about uh we're starting to pick up like different pieces of uh the puzzle and like you know put together okay this is what we're doing now and this is what we're gonna do later and whatever so that's been nice but the first probably week I just was so exhausted like almost emotionally and mentally because I had to pay attention to like every little thing and trying to pick up any word that would like give me some kind of clue as to what's happening and it was just so exhausting like trying to figure out what everyone was saying um and then like also frustrating like we would try to be like do you want us to do this when we're playing or you know was this okay and they're like what are you talking about I'm like okay never mind or i'll ask someone else like so figuring all of that stuff out figuring out how to communicate uh obviously it's grown a lot because you know, we have to work through a language barrier, which has been a really cool thing to see. And now, like, we're trying to pick up little Spanish phrases and the girls are like, you guys are so funny trying to, like, speak Spanish. And then we'll get them to say some things in English. And it's been really good and definitely getting along really well with the girls. Um, but the team dynamic is also so different because, you know, we're staying, uh, the three Americans were in a dorm, like, on the campus almost of the club. 
And so we're here all the time, like together, but everyone else kind of, they go home. Some of these girls are driving like an hour to get to practices and workouts and stuff. Um, and we have girls that are like 18, 19. And then we have girls that are like 32, 33 on the team. So just that wide range of ages and like maturity levels, experience levels, all of it is definitely like an adjustment. You know, I kind of went through that last year being the super duper meme all of the team with all these freshmen, but I couldn't imagine being like 32 and dealing with like 18 and 19 year olds and trying to get everybody on the same page. That would be exhausting. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. Everybody's so helpful and you know, very appreciative of everyone that's take, like had some patience with us as we've learned and adapted, but very cool. Now, you mentioned that, you know, there's three Americans on the team, but you get the interesting opportunity of playing alongside somebody that you're friends with. What's mm -hmm. that like? Yeah, so my best friend, Grace, is also on the team. She played at Virginia, and we actually went to high school together. So we had, you know, some very ex – interesting experiences together in high school with all of our injuries and setbacks um so we've actually never played like volleyball really together I think at most it's been like 10 matches because one of us was always hurt and she's a year younger than me um but because of redshirting because of COVID we ended up graduating college at the same time and so she was kind of like I don't know if I want to go play pro I don't know if I want to do like an extra year in college and at that point, I was like, I'm going pro. I have no more eligibility, unfortunately. Like, time for me to move on. Uh, and we ended up talking to the same agent, which we didn't really know at first. We just kind of knew we were talking to, like, you know, somebody to help us with pro volleyball. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about it. And she's like, well, there's a team in Peru that's looking at me. And I was like, oh, me too. Of course, we're in similar positions. So I was like, oh, I hope we're not like going out for the same spot because that'd be kind of awkward if like one of us takes it, whatever. Uh, but then when we got down to it and we like talked to Nick, the agent, we were just kind of like, yeah, like that's my best friend, you know, like we went to high school together. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that, but they're looking for an outside and a right side. So if you guys want, you could go together. And for me, it was a no-brainer just because Peru's a really cool country and city. Like, Lima's a very cool city to be in. You know, I get to be with my best friend. It's warm weather, like I said. And the time zone difference is the same as East Coast. So that makes it so much easier talking to family, friends, being able to do this podcast. Like, that's just been such a blessing. And then to have your best friend here to, like, go through those hard, awkward practices of, like, what's going on? What are we doing here? And then also the really cool things like saying like we played pro together. Um, just a really cool experience. I'm very grateful that she's been here for some of those times and like that we'll be always be able to share this like experience together, you know, when we get older. Like remember when we played pro together. So it's definitely been a blessing. Uh, and I'm very fortunate because it doesn't happen very often. And I don't think a lot of people like some family like didn't really understand like how coincidental it was they're like that's so cool like you guys are just gonna go play together I'm like okay yes we are but this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity you know this does not happen but luck that we had that they were looking for our positions equally and we both you know they wanted both of us it's pretty pretty cool so very grateful and super happy to have her here now you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, you had some setbacks. Um, what what do you what what has been your biggest challenge, and you know, how have you overcome it? 
again, where do I begin with this list? Um, yeah, so high school was kind of plagued with injuries and setbacks. Um, just, you know, year after year, didn't feel like I could catch a break other than the one my sophomore year when I was able to commit to Florida State and actually have, you know, a decent little career there for a hot second. But freshman year, uh, I was high jumping and I ended up, you know, I planted, fell over, ended up breaking my leg. So it was like my tibia growth plate. I was in a wheelchair. I had one of those like thigh to ankle, like braces or whatever, locked out straight. It was a freaking mess. And, you know, I'm a freshman and I'm wheeling around high school. Like, this is so embarrassing. Everyone's judging me. Like, it was very interesting to say the least. But, you know, we get through that. I'm like, okay, that's like our big, that's like our big, you know, setback every athlete has the comeback story like that was it this is okay now it's easy sailing sophomore year commit for Florida State junior year end of sophomore year I had this cough that like was not going away and it was weird like didn't really have any like outward signs of anything other than a cough so tried a bunch of medicine tried all these different things nothing was helping but I was still playing volleyball still was going to camps all these things and then we go to doctor's appointment. I get a chest x-ray. They bring me into the hospital, run some tests. And they're like, yeah, by the way, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's like, oh, okay. Like that's going to really put a damper on this volleyball thing. So my doctors were great. You know, they have helped me so much. They're still some of my biggest fans. Uh, Dr. Ben actually came to like my going away party before I left Peru. He made it to one West Virginia game and a Florida State game. Like he is definitely one of my biggest fans and I'm obviously very grateful to have him in my life. Um, got through cancer, four rounds of chemotherapy and like 20 rounds of proton therapy. Um, didn't really have any issues or, you know, anything with that. Um, get back to playing and I ended up breaking my wrist uh, at one of our first tournaments back. And it's, I mean, I fell on it. I think part of it, you know, after chemo, your bones are a little weaker. So just the impact of that, I think, made it worse than it could have been if I was fully healthy. Uh, so I broke my wrist out for another couple of weeks, come back. I'm like, OK, senior year, I've been through the ringer at this point. Like there's nothing else that can be happening. Yeah, all the way to spring season, I'm playing club volleyball, one of the first tournaments of the year. I think it was like the first match of the day too, or maybe second. And I was running after a ball and my knee buckles under me and I ended up tearing my ACL, but at the time I could still walk on it. So I was just convincing myself, like, I'm fine. Like I just tweaked it. We're good. Like I'm not dealing with another surgery or anything. So then getting the news is my ACLs, you know, just a worst nightmare kind of situation. Uh, I was leaving for college in like two and a half, three months. So kind of put, you know, a lot of things in perspective and was very frustrated that it was another thing I had to go through that I wasn't going to be able to play freshman year some of those goals you know kind of dwindling away but at the same time now like the hindsight the lessons I've learned the resiliency all of that has been you know just so helpful in every little situation I've been in and given me so much perspective on life and not just you know volleyball and being an athlete which has come in handy a lot. So 
you know, those are a few of the setbacks from high school and then college, uh, physically injury wise, nothing too bad, you know, get banged up, but that was about it. Uh, mentally it was pretty tough, you know, adjusting and, um, having, you know, coaches just disagreements, things weren't working out for me at Florida state, which kind of led to me transferring as well. Um, that put kind of the mental aspect uh, out of whack a little bit when the volleyball and physical side was there. So, you know, been through a lot, can understand a whole lot of people's injuries and problems, and, you know, wouldn't wish any of that on my worst enemy, but I'm glad to have had those experiences and be able to share them and, you know, be able to talk to them, talk to people about them. So. One of the most interesting things that, you know, I found about you, and it's one thing that I think that no other athlete that we've ever interviewed has is like us, you have your own podcast. Um, what led you to start that? And, you know, what are you doing with it? Yeah, I had always kind of wanted to share my story um, just because it's unique. I think a lot of people um, could, you know, learn something from it or if it's helping them when they're in a similar situation. So I'd always been sitting on this idea, like, you know, I want to start something. I, you know, a lot of people are like, you're going to write a book when you get older. Some people, you know, just all these different things. And I had this idea and I'm just kind of like, I don't know how to get my story, get my voice across the way I want it to. And for a long time, I just kind of sat on the idea and was like, I'll figure it out later. You know, it's not a priority right now. And then with NIL and people like kind of making brand deals and all this stuff, I started to think about like what I could do for me personally to like, you know, sell myself and like get myself out there and promote like what I've been through and, you know, how can I help other people? Because at the end of the day, that's one of my like biggest things as well, like you know, the girls on the team last year called me Nemo and like, I gave them all kinds of grandma advice about like, Hey, I know you're a freshman, but like, you got to go to class or like helping them with volleyball. And, you know, they, a lot of people don't even really know my full story, like on the team. Uh, I mean, now they do, but like when I first meet them, I don't go around just saying all of this stuff about me, but you know, I help them and I try to, you know, give them my best advice or be there for them when I know things are going know not great or they're getting frustrated and so that's something I've been kind of drawn to do as well it's just like help other people I want you know there's times where I wish somebody could have been there in a similar role for me uh, I had a great support system but you know there was never someone like hey I also did this and like this is how I came back and like you can do it too and whatever so I always try to be that person um, for other people. There was actually like two or three student athletes at Florida State that were diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, like right around the same time that I was there. So people would come up to me like, hey, can you reach out to this girl on the swim team? Like she just got diagnosed. And I was like, of course, like I would love to help. So, you know, now like McKenna and I, we don't talk a whole lot like now because we've moved on, but you know, at Florida State, we were, you know, talking all the time, like, how are you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? And so, again, when this NIL thing came out, and I kind of missed the window, because I was too old for it. But uh, I was like, maybe a podcast would be a really good idea. It's easy. Like, you know, I just need a microphone and a camera, and I can talk about anything. So decided to make the podcast uh, called Extra Reps with Adrian L. And I kind of go into explaining like my story in more depth and, you know, what else I envisioned for it. But 
hopefully able to also interview athletes and just kind of share their stories that not everyone gets to hear. You know, some athletes, you know, the starting quarterback or the starting point guard, you know, everybody knows their story. And not that their stories aren't important, but there's also a lot of other athletes in schools that have gone through some crazy things that you would never know about, whether it's physically, mentally, you know, with their family. So I wanted hopefully to make a like platform where they can come and share their stories and, you know, younger athletes from the next generation can be like, okay, I'm going through this too. And look at where he or she is at. Like I can still accomplish these goals. So that's kind of the like far out vision. Um, obviously we're still in the very early stages and uh, I've shared my story. Grace has come on and shared her story and being perused made it a little challenging, just like having to either do zoom interviews, um, but also trying to get some of my teammates from here to like share their story. Cause it's just, again, so different than what we're used to in the U S. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the like eventual vision right now. We're just sharing stories and, hopefully able to create kind of a little community where people can find some help and, you know. Yeah. So before a match, do you have any pre-match routines, pre-match food, pre-match music, you stuff you have to do before a match? Any, sorry, the Wi-Fi kind of cap. Any like routines and like superstitions? Yeah. Um, not really, honestly. I try to pride myself that I like my routine is that I don't have a routine. Uh, even in college, like if my parents were in town, like I'd go up and sit with them before, like I had to go down for servant pass or talk with them. Um, music wise, again, it's been different here in Peru because they do not listen to the same music <laughs> we do. But you know, back home, it was always you know listening to some good warm up hype music in the locker room with the girls uh, and during warm ups. But yeah, I don't really have any superstitions actually of like, you know, left sock, right sock, you know, I, the only thing that I did in college pretty frequently, especially at West Virginia was I made sure that uh, either Brenna or Jess did my hair. So my hair was always ready, but it was kind of like, we'll switch it up, do whatever you guys want. Um, the double braids kind of became a thing for my like junior year, my first year at West Virginia, but um other than that, not really. Just kind of went with the flow. Didn't matter who we were playing. I was ready to go go out there and play against them. So, Whether it's just, you know, life in general or in the sport of volleyball, who would you say are some of your role models? Wow, that's a tough one. And it's hard just because I think for a lot of it, I have, like, role models for different aspects of my life, you know not that they're not great overall people, but I'm like, oh, I like how they do this. And I like how this person does that. Um, obviously my parents have been such great help and support and my mom played in college. So ever since I was little, I was like, well, I want to go and play in college too. Like that sounds really cool. Um, I've had quite a few aunts uh, also played volleyball in college. So volleyball again was just kind of in my blood. Um, Max was definitely a big one, just wanted to be like him and go accomplish all these things. And then uh, Rachel Adams is also from Cincinnati. She played at Texas and she was kind of the one that I started talking with about like being a life coach, um, kind of working on the podcast, just how to connect with that next generation. So we've been talking a lot more recently, which has been really cool because I didn't know her growing up or anything she's a couple years older than me but 
you know, she also went to the Olympics. So when I did my Make-A-Wish and I got to go to the Olympics, I got to meet her in person for the first time. And then ever since then, we've kind of been in contact and um, her platform and then my platform and just trying to kind of connect. But volleyball wise, there's so many people that I love watching play, uh, like Mike Christensen from the men's team on the women's team. You know, Rachel is always really cool. Um, but yeah, there's so many people I can pick from in different aspects, but those are definitely some key points. <laughs> now, obviously volleyball takes up a big chunk of your time, but if you have any free time, you know, what, what do you like to do for fun or like, what are your hobbies? Uh, sorry, cut out at the end in Lima or like college. You're good. Um, just in general, like just what do you like to do for fun? Uh, in my free time, you know, in college, it was definitely shopping, which became not a great habit to get into because I'd be like, oh, I'll just go walk around and see what's there. And then next thing I know, I bought like things I did not need. Uh, so being in Peru, that's kind of been helpful because I can't go shopping quite as easily. But in general, I love hanging out with my friends, um, just, you know, doing whatever. And then I also absolutely love going to sporting events, like whether it's basketball game, football game, soccer, you name it, like. I've been there. Florida State, I went to just about every sporting event that we had um, just because I either had friends or, you know, what else are you going to do on a random like Wednesday afternoon, but go to the tennis matches. So there's a lot of community in that aspect. And I love going to games, want to work in athletics when I'm done playing. So um, that's definitely a huge one is watching sports and hanging out, hanging out with friends. Uh, when I'm home, I love to spend time with my family, uh, especially like my younger cousins and just being able to like, go to their games because they grew up going to mine and some of my other friends like games. So love being able to see them kind of grow up and kind of repay like, you know, that I, I know that they came to a lot of my stuff. So being able to go back and show some support is always pretty cool. So now we got one last question here for you. If you could, you know, have just one or two pieces of advice that you would share for, you know, the younger generation, whether that's high school or people that are just getting into college or even younger than that, what would you tell them? Let's see. I think my first piece of advice, and I told the girls at West Virginia this all the time, is to be grateful for like every moment, every day that you're in college, but it applies, you know, for high school and stuff too. Just to be grateful even for the days that aren't as fun or you know you're running into the ground and want to just cry like even though they're tough days those are some days where you make really good memories with these girls or whoever you're playing with um and you're gonna almost want those days back at some point um so I would just say not to rush through things and to just take take every moment you can be grateful for every moment you can be even the not so fun ones uh, not to rush through it. And then uh, the other piece of advice I would say is that, you know, you're more than an athlete. So don't let being an athlete define your entire identity. Um, you know, when you're at volleyball or whatever sport, yeah, you're playing that sport. But when you go home, you know, you're more than just the volleyball player and what shows up in this uh, box score. So to always remember that and not let that affect you too much. So. All right. Well, like I said, that was the last question we had for you. Um, I just wanted to let you know, like, we really appreciate you talking with us and, you know, telling us your whole story, every, the goods, the bads, everything. Um, I will say, you know, 
hearing your story is just crazy. We, we've told some really great ones, but getting to hear yours was awesome. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun. Of course. And, you know, like you said, you have your, your own podcast where you're telling other people's stories. So if anyone wants to go listen, make sure to go check out Adrian's podcast out. Um, and yeah, once again, I appreciate it. And uh, good luck with everything in Peru, seeing the professional career. I know me and Ethan will be watching. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Or Ethan, would you like to hit us with an outro? Sure. So we're Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Miserec. And we're signing off. Hey, guys. Ethan, Jared. Thank you for listening to this episode of Double FM Sports. Jared's now going to talk about a partnership we've recently started with Made by Live. Made by Live is a local clothing design brand here in my college town of Morgantown, West Virginia. They make shirts with some of your favorite West Virginia athletes on them for a bargain of a price. Be sure to head over to the Instagram at made.by.live with two V's today. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode and make sure to check Made by Live out.